Welcome to episode 60 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. Happy Labor Day. You know what this means? Pumpkin-flavored everything will soon appear everywhere. It also means the start of another school year, and for professionals, it means that the conference season is almost upon us. Do you have any conferences in your horizon? One, two, or more than that? You have a game plan, right? You're not just going to go through the motions and go home with a stack of business cards to sit on your desk. Let's turn that stack of business cards into cash, clients, and credibility. No more wondering if you're doing what you need to to grow your or your company's bottom line. There are only a couple of spots left in my pilot program. Don't miss this opportunity to take control of your networking. Whether networking makes you anxious and like you have to perform or you love to schmooze, but wonder if you're wasting your time, I will help you be more strategic and effective without feeling scammy or fake. It's called Empowered Networking Program. You can sign up at robbysamuels.com slash empowered networking. You should act fast as the cart is going to close this week and you'll be paying four times as much if you wait until the next time it's available. I would love to work with you. Please reach out if you have any questions. On the Schmooze is proud to be a headliner on C-Suite Radio, which is part of the C-Suite Network, a network of a half million C-level executives. If you enjoy business podcasts, you should check out C-Suite TV at c-suitetv.com. Quick note to apologize for the sound quality this week. It's not up to par because, well, that's what happens when you set up a new computer and don't test all your equipment. Now, on to this week's show. Today's guest created her first website at age 12 when she was living in Poland, a site that had 40,000 views in just a few months. Eight years later, she was a successful photographer in Chicago when she began to experience the power of social media and the impact the internet can have on business. This led her to found a health and wellness blog in 2012, which attracted over 100,000 monthly views and 45,000 monthly readers. After she sold this site, she focused on growing a business to help entrepreneurs blow up and scale up their businesses to become true leaders online. She teaches her clients and community how to leverage their own natural personalities into strategic marketing campaigns that are both profitable and fun. To say that she's a digital native seems like a huge understatement. She lives and breathes digital marketing and is known as the blow-up, scale-up marketing strategist. Please join me in welcoming Camila Gornia. Yay! <laughs> I love that bio, that intro. It's nice. Thank you. <laughs> Camila, thank you so much for joining me from your office in San Diego. I am so happy to have you here. And I know that my guests are going to be curious a little bit more about you, your business, your day-to-day. But this is a podcast about leadership and building great networks. Tell me, what does leadership mean to you? And when did you realize you had the skills to lead? You know, for me, leadership, it's probably something different from what most people see leadership as. I really, I mean, I I approach it from the perspective of entrepreneurship, but uh, I really see leadership as something that 
everybody needs to be doing, right? So whether you have a business or not, uh, you're able to actually step into leadership inside and out to support everybody around you as well as your life. So it's really taking, I mean, first of all, taking ownership over your life and taking ownership of the fact that you have the ability to create your own existence and reality and you know like it's it's mindset and it's like what you do and how you approach things um that's number 1 and number 2 it's really being able to you know step out and do the things that are actually necessary for you to create the success that you desire and not only think about yourself but actually think about those around you so for entrepreneurs it's you know growing a team and making sure your team is happy um for your clients making sure your clients are happy for your friends and family making sure that you're actually stepping out and you know being the supportive person that is you know creating the environment where everybody can thrive not just you i love that for you it's not just about what you get out of it, but it's also, it also sounds like about what you're giving to create that environment. I love that for leadership to you isn't just a, a taking or being out front, but really being that supportive like person who's who's making it possible for other people to thrive. But that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, like if anybody that thinks just about themselves is not a true leader, it's not a, you know they're not a creator. It's just you know. I mean, I hate using the word selfish, but that's basically what that is, right? Especially, I mean, there's so many people out there too that are prancing around. They're like, look at my mansion, look at my Porsche and look at my, all these things. Um, Awesome. But what, like, I don't understand why that's even, you know, like if, if you're at the end of the day, you're not helping people. That's the only driver you have. Something is kind of amiss here. Um, So you know, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this, uh, but I'm a huge believer in just, you know, leading with Heart Behind Hustle. And that's kind of a, you know, that's one of my brands, it's Heart Behind Hustle, because, you know, we want to make sure that we actually understand why we're even wanting to step into the, this place of leadership and, and entrepreneurship. And how are we going to use this to create a life and a, you know, a world that we actually are proud to be in? I love it. I love it. When did people start to notice that you had the qualities of a leader? Did someone really encourage you early on or were you really driven and started to take on leadership opportunities that you saw? You know, for me, it was definitely my own inner myself, I guess, if you would. Uh, I'm an only child. So like leading, I guess is just what I've always done because I didn't really, you know, there's no other, there's no no other option. So I needed to lead myself first of all, and I needed to make sure that I'm able to stand on my own two feet and growing up in Poland, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's two types of, of, kids that are, you know, they don't have siblings. Um, there's the kids that are spoiled and then there's the kids that have to be really independent and make sure that they actually know how to survive. So I was in the, in the latter, you know, so I needed to know how to survive. I needed to know how to like take care of myself. And then from that, that's really where it started. But then from that, I wanted to make sure that my life looked, you know, in a certain way. And I wanted to have a social life and I wanted to have friends and I wanted to make sure that everyone, you know, lived in, you know, in, in peace, if you want, and there were, everyone's happy around you. So, um, uh, you know, that's where it started. But I was a little bit more shy when I was younger. And I guess I'm, you know, I'm still more introverted. But uh, I really think that because I started to take ownership, because I wanted to, you know, actually form environments in a way that supported not just me, but everybody, um, I needed to stand in and actually, you know, step into this, these opportunities myself. You know, Camila, it's funny. Usually I ask people to reflect back to as early as, you know, high school, um, maybe, you know, junior high school, but like for you to have stepped into a role at age 12, that's pretty unique. You 
you had share a little bit about this, your story. Cause I know you, you had a love of a pretty, um, mm-hmm. niche <laughs> hobby, like not something that a lot of people in the world love and probably not a lot of people in Poland. And you found out once you got the internet that actually there were people like you in the world. Say, say a little bit of how you got that started. Yeah. So this was back in 2002. Um, yeah. Two, yes. 2002. Like it's, I don't even know what year it is anymore. Cause it's like so crazy that it's about to be 2018. Like what is happening? Anyways, it was 2002. And yes, I lived in a small town in Poland. So I was actually one of two people in the entire town that I knew that actually liked manga and anime, which is what, um, which is what I was into. And that's basically like Japanese comics and, you know, just shows and all that stuff. So I don't even know how I started liking this. It's just, I saw it on TV one day and it just like sparked something in me and I loved, you know, just how it looked like. And it was just, it was so different and it's so fun. So I really fell in love with that. And um, it wasn't until we actually got dial up internet in, you know, at home that I started, you know, browsing. I'm an only, like I said, I'm an only child. So of course, what else am I going to do except, you know, be on the computer? Uh, <laughs> what else am I going to do? So I somehow stumbled upon chat rooms. This is back when chat rooms were like super popular. Uh, so they were like manga focused chat rooms and, we started talking with these kids. I have no idea if they were, you know, old men or kids. Who cares? It didn't even matter because what mattered is the fact that we all liked manga. And living in a town where nobody really understands and everybody thinks that you're kind of like, you know, cool. Oh yeah, Camila is great. She just draws these comics and she likes these silly little things. But I don't really understand that. Um, it, it, you couldn't really talk to anybody except that one girl that was in my town. Uh, so when all of a sudden I was exposed to this world where I could actually talk to people about this. We could all geek out about it together. Um, That's really when everything started. And I saw that there were actual websites dedicated to this kind of stuff because there were already uh, English websites that basically translated these, you know, these comics from Japanese into English. Uh, and there were obviously other languages too. And I found out there are Polish ones too. And there were just, there were just maybe a handful of them. So being the weird kid that I am, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that too, because why wouldn't I, right? Uh, at that age, you typically don't have as many limitations that you put on yourself in terms of mindset. Right. Of course. <laughs> you don't know why it wouldn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I do this, right? Yeah. Like, of course I'm going to do it and be successful. Why wouldn't I? So I, um, I, I didn't know how to create websites or anything, but like, you figure it out when you don't know how to do it. You don't just tell yourself, no, but I've never done it before. No, you just go and do it and figure it out. So that's what I did. Um, I found like a tutorial in HTML. I printed out all the pages because you can you know, sit on the computer for, for an hour or two because that's going to be pretty expensive and no one's going to be able to call you on the phone. So I had to print out all these pages and start reading and trying to figure it out. And I built my websites. And then, you know, in some beautiful, magical way, using li- literally, I mean, it was just relationships and talking to people, which is what marketing really is about. I was able to build this site to having five virtual, um, you know, part, I guess, part-time like volunteer team members and getting to about 40,000 views in traffic without ads, without social media, without anything. What's amazing is that even by today's standards, today in 2017, early 2018, that would be phenomenal for a, tw- for a 12 year old to do. <laughs> and <laughs> to do this in early 2000 in Poland with a dial up, it's just pretty amazing. <laughs> um, it's like quite a picture. I was explaining to someone that I started organizing uh, a group. Uh, I was trying to explain that I've been doing something for 11 years 
And I said, you know, when I started, I was on Meetup. I was on um, Mind, Mind, uh, MySpace. And they were like, wait, what? Like, I was like, yeah, 11 years ago, I was on MySpace. They were like, wow. It's like, and so you're talking about even before that, which is like caveman time in, <laughs> in the internet age. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. So you really didn't, you knew you'd stumbled upon something, but it sounds like you, you saw different opportunities as you went through. And in your intro, I talked about how, you know, eight or so years later, you're in Chicago now, you're in the States, uh, you're a photographer, you've, you're building up your business and your practice. And that's when you start to apply this in a different way. Um, how have you seen your leadership shift and change in the work that you're doing now? Are you, do you, do you see, think of yourself as a leader? Are you, are you leading? Are people following? <laughs> like, how is it working for you? Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy with how my business looks like. I mean, we have, you know, several, I mean, thousands and thousands of people, um, in our communities and it's incredible. You know, we have, um, about a thousand, uh, clients slash customers in, in my company. So it's been going quite well, I would say, but you know, it's, it's because I have a movement in mind because I know that I'm doing this for the right reasons. And which is why also when I had my health blog, you know, it was, I mean, it was quite successful because, you know, 45, you know, thousand readers every month is not, you know, not too shabby if you would, but it was not a very focused, like it wasn't very, it wasn't very intentional with what I was doing. You know, I was kind of like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to like test all these different things out and I'll, oh, content marketing, what's that? And social media, look at this. How can I do this? And then, you know, Pinterest came about and uh, just a lot of testing was happening, but I wasn't exactly sure on like, what was my bigger vision for this? It was still very focused on me. And, you know, that's kind of what it, it, it was an accidental business, honestly, because I didn't mean to start out with a blog by making money, but I did. And, you know, then I sold it. But this business that I'm in right now, which is the, the marketing education and coaching company, this is the one that's been the most intentional. I had a very clear vision for what I wanted to create. And mind you, this vision changes every so often. So whenever, you know, somebody comes to me and they're like, you know, I, I, it feels so final to be able to, to, you know, create this vision and the why and like, what if it changes? Yeah, it's probably going to change and that's okay. That's the whole point, right? So, you know, I have a very clear vision of what that looks like. And then we're kind of in the, in the big uh, place right now. We're about to shift again and move into um, kind of, a sh I can't say too much right now, but we're shifting <laughs> in a very big way in the fall, uh, in a the, in the bigger way, in a, in a in the best of ways. <laughs> so what would you say is, is most rewarding about the work you're doing today? You know, I think the most rewarding thing is being able to empower people to actually take action. Uh, I really see something that I haven't struggled with that much, thankfully, is taking action and like actually getting stuff done. And I see a lot of people, you know, coming against you know, first of all, excuses. Second of all, just different mindset things that, you know, telling them that they can't and society telling them they can't and, you know, who are you to do X, Y, and Z. And I think that, you know, as a 27-year-old woman, immigrant, actually, uh, I know that anything is possible. <laughs> so, you know, I really want to empower people to, you know, be able to lead themselves and to be able, uh, when, when somebody has a, a story or a mission or a message inside of them, I really want them to be able to share that comfortably with the world. Because I know that being able to share vulnerably and authentically, I know it can change the world for the better. What's, what's wonderful is that you are really leading by example. Your whole life seems to be about taking uh, the risks that are necessary to be out front, to to lead with a purpose, to bring people together, to create community. You're just taking all those life lessons 
and you're helping your your customers, your clients, like find it within themselves to do it. And I imagine that some of the people you're working with have decades on you. You know, that's <laughs> that's what's so interesting. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, because you've done a lot, you know, like I don't have an age requirement of who I interview, but usually it's people that are senior in their field and that means it's taken them decades. What I think is really interesting is that you are in a field that didn't even exist like 15 years ago. So the people who are leaders in the internet marketing, you know, world, like they don't have to be any particular age. I mean, if you start at age 12, <laughs> you've got your 10,000 hours. <laughs> you've, you've been trying it out. And I love that you said that the health and wellness blog was a lot of, you know, trying things out, testing and learning because now you're able to apply all those lessons. But I imagine that it hasn't been easy. I mean, not just the dial-up part that you went to through in the very beginning, but even more recently, what's been a challenge that you face and how are you dealing with it within your business? You know, I think, I mean, so for any, I mean, there's always growing pains. I think that it's probably the most common thing. And uh, for any business that is moving away from being just a solopreneur and being into a more actual company. Uh, I think the first challenge is hiring. And that's definitely been something that was a big challenge for me because I, although I do love working with people and I love being able to lead people, um, it's still not the easiest thing to find the right people for exactly what you're looking to create. So well, first of all, I needed to get over some of my own blocks around hiring and being able to, you know, put the trust in the other person that they're not going to mess up and they're not going to screw my business up. <laughs> and, you know, I'll be honest, and I've actually had bad experiences with people as well. I've had people that disappeared on me. I've had people that, um, you know, took my money and ran and I've had not the best experiences. So I used that and, you know, created like a shield and, you know, what, I'm just going to be able to do everything on my own. It's, you know, the best, the safest way to do it. And I needed to really get over that mindset you know, block, if you would, to because you can't you can't do everything yourself. It's just not that's not how you scale. So, you know, hiring and understanding whom to hire, understanding what qualities are the most important and what are the things that you actually want to do because you enjoy doing them and what are the things that you don't enjoy doing but you're good at them. And you know, there's a lot of I mean, just categorizing the tasks and making sure that you're not spending time on doing the the things that, you know, are just not necessary. So you know, the, you're really getting to the art of delegation. And I had the good fortune today, uh, one of my earlier guests is Jenny Blake, and she wrote the book Pivot. And uh, she's got a course about, uh, I think it's like uh, Ninja Delegation or Delegation Ninja, I think. And um, I had the opportunity to meet with her VA today, which was really interesting because like clearly this woman knows a lot about delegation and she's found some really good people to work with. But that's, that's true. It's like one of those things you've got to figure out is how to get things off your plate. And I love your description of, you know, do the things that you either love or you're really good at and, or it has to be you, right? Because it turns out there's not very many things. It's actually a small percentage of the total work. And I'm really clear that for my business, I'm the bottleneck. I know for absolute certainty that things would move much faster if I didn't have to make all the decisions. And so when I work with people, I'm always trying to teach them how to manage up to me and think about how to get things out of my head into a process that other people can access, improve upon, make more efficient, you know, and really like leave me out of it. <laughs> make make the, my job being like being the person in front, being the person who's making the, the relationships, who's creating the content who's nurturing the business in that kind of way, because that I can't outsource that. That's me. 
but there's so much of it that's hard when you're a solopreneur. I, I haven't had anyone else really talk about that transition. So people get a really good idea and it takes off, but they, they don't know how to grow it and they stop themselves. So you must have really had to fight that a little bit, right? Like you said, figuring out how to get past your own sort of shields. I also imagine that there's this fear that you're going to do something wrong, that you're going to mess up, that you're going to fail in some way. What are you not good at? What are the things that you need to sort of get out of, get out of the way and let someone else take on? And how, how have you found those people? You know, it's, <laughs> this is going to sound the worst, but I'm not terrible at a lot of things because out of necessity, I had to like grow my skills in a lot of different areas to grow my business, which is why it was so difficult for me to start outsourcing. Because if I can do everything, why would I not do everything? Right. So, uh, very specific things that I'm not the best at. I would say anything that has to do with um, technology. I'm actually really good at technology, but it takes me a long time to figure it out. I'm not a researcher. I just don't like researching things. I don't like comparing this software versus this software. I just want someone to tell me, install it for me and just set it up because... And it's been pretty recent for me to actually accept that part of me because as a marketer, you know, clients are often asking me about like, well, how do I set this up? And how do I set this up? And I wanted to be able to support them with this. And I can, but why should I if it's not something that is going to, you know, lift me up? It's not something that's going to fire me up. It's just going to drain me. That's not supporting my clients in the best way. So that was number one. Um, The first hire I actually made was not a VA. It was um, a copywriter. And in the beginning of my business, I was not good at copy at all. I think I've grown a lot over the years out of necessity, of course. And I think everybody, every entrepreneur, especially in the online space, should be fairly good at copywriting because you're, you can't technically hire you know, somebody to write all of your copy, including you know, social media posts and everything. But something that I knew for a fact was taking me a really long time and I'm actually really terrible at is um, writing sales pages. So I wanted to make sure that my sales pages were, you know, engaging. There were uh, some, you know, basically the person that was reading it was able to feel enveloped in that process. They want, I wanted them to feel, uh, you know, like they want to buy and take out their credit card and just like go for it. Right. So for me, that whole process just takes a million and a half years. <laughs> I feel you. It's not yeah. the best use of my time. Yeah, no, it's really, it's helpful when people start to, realize that about themselves. Like you can have all the inspiration, but other people have a technical know-how. It's funny because this podcast purposely doesn't focus on teaching people, you know, how to do sales funnels or how to write sales pages or how to write your best about me page, because I really want to get to people's stories. And I have really smart people on who then share their, their journey. But I also know that I'm getting a lot of education by listening to people and learning in this space. And it's so much to learn. And you I think it's important to try everything out. Like my first podcast episode, um, not the first one I ever did, but like the first one I recorded, I actually did the editing because I wanted to understand how it worked. But like you said, it wasn't something else. I could do it. It would just take me forever. And then I would never produce another one. <laughs> like It would have been like one a month, maybe. Um, so I knew I had to hire. A, I didn't move forward until I had an editor because that is going to make me look better, sound better, and keep me on track. And so, just really, it's a really key piece of, of growing your business beyond being a, a individual uh, solopreneur. So, I, I this is a piece that I ask all of my guests about. Life is busy. You have a business that is not a nine to five job. You don't get to go home and just forget about it for long periods of time. You take it with you wherever you go. 
how do you how do you balance that? Like, what is is work life balance even a thing? Is it work life integration? Like, what is downtime? What is self care? You know, how do you how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So for me specifically, I am a huge fan of flow and actually enjoying your life. I think that's you know otherwise it's it's it gets a little bit intense. Having said that. I do believe that you can use a different amount. You can like allow yourself a different amount of downtime depending on the level that you're at in your business. So when I was starting out and because I had my nine to five, I had no downtime. Like I literally didn't for the first year and a half of my business because the only times I could actually work on my business was nights and weekends. So of course I had to use that time to, you know, to grow in the way that I wanted. Now, once I actually went full time with my, with my business, um, I realized that, well, first of all, I still had to do quite a bit of time. You know, I still had to put in a, a good amount of work to get to the next level. But um, I'm, in, I'm in a place right now where, I mean, because I have a team and because I do have a lot of automation in place in my business too, uh, you know, I like spending my evenings not working. And, you know, sometimes I have a full weekend where I don't do a whole lot of anything. And honestly, it varies. It's not very... Um, because I'm single and because I don't have kids, it's definitely been uh, a little bit less systematic than than for most people. Because sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I'll be sitting here and I'm like, well, I have nothing else to do. I'm kind of bored and I love my business. So maybe I'll go and like write an article or something because it's just it brings me joy and I just love doing it. Um, but I think that being able to have downtime and being able to, you know, fill your reserves up with, you know, friend time or, you know, just, just relaxation or going to the beach or whatever, you know, whatever that looks like for you. I think that's, that's really important. So, um, you know, I love getting massages. I think that's something that I really love doing. Uh, just seeing my friends and going out to, you know, different restaurants and, and, you know, or bars or going in dates or doing whatever, you know, I think that's a really nice way to kind of not think about business for a little while. Is there a habit in particular that you've been trying to adopt? Um, I, something I've started doing has been journaling in the morning. So I try to keep my mornings open for at least the first hour. So I'll wake up and I'll just kind of, you know, do whatever, but I'll try to journal. I'll try to read something, uh, personal development, development tea or spiritual or something like that. And then I'll have my breakfast and, you know, maybe I'll meditate if I'm feeling really in the zone. Uh, but that's something that I've been trying is just having a morning routine in general. Have you read Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod? Yes, I have read that. You know, I don't, I didn't read the whole book, but I read, you know, the gist. What I'm not a fan of that, that I don't want to implement that, you know, fully because I am not, I, one of the reasons why I went into business and went full time is so I didn't have to wake up with the alarm clock. So waking up at five in the morning with the alarm clock is not aligned with my values and how I want to live my life. So because of that, it doesn't work for me, but. Well, it's funny because I actually see it as the first hour of your day. Not doesn't matter what time you wake up, right? Like whenever you, this kind of sounds like what you're doing, which is, I think too many of us are, and I think some of our listeners are going to be thinking of this is me. The first thing you do is you take, as you get up and you're walking into the bathroom, you take your phone with you and you're looking at your phone while you're in the bathroom. You're looking at your phone while you're brushing your teeth. You keep checking your phone, uh, you know, the entire morning and like you lose 30 minutes here and 20 minutes there and 10 minutes there. And you're like, you didn't really accomplish anything, but your, your brain didn't have any time to be quiet or you're just, you're responding to other people's, you know, needs by like looking at your email and figuring all that out or you're getting lost on social media first thing in the morning and you're not being present and you don't know what 
like, what is your one thing you got to get accomplished that day? And I think a lot of successful people have a lot of clarity around their one thing. Um, and they aren't trying to do too many things and they have downtime and our brains need it. So I, that was what I took from that book. And I'm going to put the link in the resources because there's a lot of variations. The one I actually ended up reading because I like skimmed one, <laughs> it's the, he has one for writers. And I was struggling because I really wanted to write a book and I'm not a morning person. What time do you wake up? On my own. Like I have to remember, I have a toddler. So on my own, I would go to sleep past 12 o'clock and get up after eight. On my own, I would easily do that. And I actually trained my child to sleep in. So I could <laughs> do that. But I've been getting up more like 7, 7.30 and then having some time before he would get up. And that's been really nice. It's not like I want to get up at five in the morning. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's not really my thing. But it is like being really clear on what you want to get accomplished the day. And I have to say, this episode, when it comes out, I'm actually already going to be an author, which is just Yay! shocking to me. And because um, this is coming out, I'm going to look at the episode date. Yeah, this is coming out in, in a few weeks. And so we're going to like already be celebrating the success of this book and where it's gone on the charts and all that. And this is, uh, it's been a lot of work and it's not something that came easily. Um, but it's possible. And it's really, it's about being clear in your goals. And it sounds like you've got a lot of goals. What is, what are, what are the, some of the things that um, you've got like on your horizon? That sounds like you, some of it's secretive. So don't tell us that part, obviously. Um, although by the time, you know, this comes out, it'll be like late August. So maybe you'll be on the verge of announcing. Not yet. So you, you not yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm trying yeah. to get the scoop here. I'm, I'm trying, dear, list, dear listeners. So what's, mm -hmm. what's on the horizon for you? So what is on the horizon? I don't know what we'll be actually launching at that point for, for public, but I am actually starting to write my own book. So that's exciting. Uh, but it probably won't be out until early 2018, but it's really about heart behind hustle, which is what, uh, I mean, you know, the, the whole movement is all about and, you know, leading visionary leadership and being able to kind of get out there. So I think that's probably going to be something I'll start talking about more and showing my process behind the scenes. Cause I've tried writing two books in the past and you know this, it's not the easiest thing ever. And I would start and <laughs> after like a week or two weeks or three weeks, I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm really that excited about this book anymore because I'm, I'm like such a creative that I'll come up with a new idea. I'm like, this is so much better. I need to do the other thing instead. So I have those two books that I started, but this, this one that I'm going to write, it's like, it's happening. I'm just making it happen and it's going to happen. So I'm committed to that. Now I've just put it out into the universe. That's loud, perfect. Out loud. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. I think that's uh, how we all get things done. You know, a piece of this uh, podcast is talking about, you know, networking and relationship building. And you seem to really been act for that. You seem to have the ability to like attract good quality people who support you, you support them, you have a shared vision. So you're getting a lot done that way. And it's not, you're not flying solo in any of this. Your, your professional network probably has changed a lot in the last five years. I mean, I can imagine the iterations of your businesses that you've gone through as your work keeps shifting. Are you doing anything purposeful to stay in touch and nurture those relationships? Are there people from, you know, 10 years ago and five years ago and three years ago that you're, you're making a concerted effort to stay in touch with? And like, what does that process look like for you? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting because, uh, a lot of the people that, for example, knew me from my photography business, uh, in some way worked with me in my coaching company, uh, people that I knew from my health, you know, health blogging site. Uh, a lot of them are in my community now. 
you know, being supported in a different way. So, you know, I always think that when you're moving into a new iteration or a new business, you don't really, you know, take the scissors and cut everything off and then start fresh. Uh, you see what you are able to create for yourself and how you can move a lot of these people over if they're interested in, in continuing on and, you know, staying in touch. Um, so, you know, first of all, I just meet like every single, single time I made, make an announcement and I just tell people, here's what to expect of me. If you're cool with that, we'd love to stay in touch. And I use Facebook a lot. So for me, Facebook is like where all my communication happens. Uh, for a while there, I had a free Facebook group. So um, I don't have that particular group anymore. But a lot of people I invited in there so that we could stay in touch. And every so often, if I see them doing something, you know, I do reach out and I just you know say give them acknowledgement for, you know, good work and things like that. So I think it's, you know, it doesn't always have to have an agenda necessarily because you never know, uh, you know, first of all, you never know what they're actually doing and you never know if they have somebody that might be a good fit for you that you That's can work right. with. But secondly, I think it's just, you know, I think it's, again, I'm a big fan of just giving and not always expecting anything in return because when you're putting out the good vibe, the good juju out there without expectation, a lot of it, a lot of times you will be, you know, met back with, you know, even more greatness and even more, you know, generosity from you know, everyone else, uh, twofold, if not more. So, you know, it's just that, uh, that act of, you know, generosity, I think is something that is really important. Yeah. It's that law of reciprocity. It comes back to you there at you some go. point. It may not always be directly from that person, but it's, it's, it'll get to you. I think of it as the philosophy of abundance also, like there's certain things we can share that. So if I, if I gave you $500, I wouldn't have $500, but if I teach you something about how to write a book, that knowledge is not depleting me. It's actually creating something stronger between us. And so I just think like knowledge sharing is just a really powerful way to create the world you want and invite the people in into your world that you want to like be around. Besides Facebook, though, since I, I know you're such a digital, digital native, <laughs> do you have any offline? Do you like, uh, so I'm going to just remind you of something which I think you know, Camila, that device that you carry around with you, it, it makes phone calls. <laughs> do you does. use the phone? I don't. You don't use the phone. I don't use the phone unless it's a, it's a, because I'm already so like, I typically, my days are actually typically booked with client calls or prospect calls that by the time I'm done, I want nothing to do with the phone calling ability of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you do use it for your business though. It I sounds do use like. it for my business all the time. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm an introvert. So I need time where I'm just quiet and I don't talk to anybody. Uh, so that's really important for me. Otherwise I'm going to burn out really fast. So unless it's somebody that, you know, purposely, or even if I reach out to somebody, like it's, it's always going in the calendar. Um, and actually we typically do a zoom calls versus on the phone because I like to see the other person and like make it. as, yeah, make as close to a, like an in-person ish experience as possible. But sometimes the phone has to, you know, has to be the thing. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. What about dinner parties? Have you thought about doing things like that? Oh That's my a gosh. tip from Dory Clark. Perfect. So I love that you brought this up because I so want to do dinner parties. Yeah. My apartment is not big enough for the dinner oh, parties. So here's the thing. So this is, I'm going to share this with you. And I, I think we've talked about it a little bit in the podcast, but it's a good reminder. So Dory Clark, who is the master of networking, she's a, a personal branding guru and a good friend of mine. Um, she got her third book coming out, Entrepreneurial You, and she's she's brilliant. Anyway, she and I would co-host dinners all the time, and this is how I got started doing it. So you and I would each bring three three guests, and three or four, we, you basically invite three or four people. We'd go to a nearby restaurant that you already know is willing to split the check. And 
has the space and isn't too loud and doesn't have TVs everywhere. So you kind of, it's really about finding the right venue um, and building a relationship with that restaurant. So you do this regularly enough that they, they really, they love that you're coming in. They're happy for it. So I have a place that I do something once a month at a minimum. And that to me is like, if I brought a group, they would be like happy to have you show up. So you do it in a venue. Interesting. I always thought you had to do it at your home. So that's really good. So I love to be a host. And I don't just think of that as meaning like, you know, cooking, but I love to actually host people and make sure they feel welcomed and they're having a good time. It's hard when it's at your house because then you have other responsibilities as a host to like get the food ready and you have to clean your house before and after. And, and there's so many barriers in a way to making it happen. And I live in a small place, so it really wouldn't work right now. But yes, you find the right kind of restaurant. And um, if you want it to be upscale, I mean, like there's no reason to not do it at like a fancy hotel like restaurant, <laughs> you know, you could scale it up or down as far as fancy, but it's just finding something that's really comfortable for you. People can get to easily. And the, I actually have a, the book that I have um, is about networking at conferences. And this is one of my tips for when you go to an event that you can actually plan to host a private dinner in relation to the conference that you set it up ahead of time so that you're not as an introvert, you don't want to be like wandering around the halls the entire weekend. It's not your thing, but if you ahead of time, maybe it's your second or third you're going, you nur- you nurtured some of those relationships, you invite two or three people to join you. And then whoever you run into, you invite. And by the end of the weekend, you go out and it's like eight of you. And then people are like really excited that you did that. Like you've created something for them. They get to connect with each other. You get to go a little deeper and have your one-on-one small group conversations, which is where you thrive. That's, that's where you're going to be much more energy level happy. Um, so I just think like, go for it. Do not feel that, you know, being in a small apartment is going to stop you from doing it. It's just, just logistics. I love that. That's such a brilliant idea. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. So I, I love this because I think that, you know, you've got some creative ways you're going to be staying in touch with people. Um, I have a question that usually I ask it in a certain way, but now I'm going to have to change it because I'm going to tell you the way I usually ask it. This is a funny question. And I think you know what question it is. It's if you had the opportunity to speak to your younger self, I'd say 25 years old. And I'm like, wait a second. She just said she's 27. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, this shows you like the age of the people I usually have in my show. But so like if you were starting out, right? If you were like at the beginning of your career, thinking about yourself as an entrepreneur, I know this is only going back a few years. you, You made a lot of, you know, trial and error along the way. What would you go back and tell someone who was starting over and starting and doing this? What would you tell yourself at the beginning that would particularly help you build a strong and supportive professional network? You know, I think the biggest thing is understanding and recognizing that you are the only person that's standing in in the pathway of your success. So typically, this is why a lot of people don't follow up with others, for example, if they're meeting them at a conference. This is why I used to not you know, reach out to other people and potentially be a good client or potentially be somebody else. But it, it's all because you're coming and like you're making this into this big deal. And like, what do they think of, of me you know, as, you know, what do they think I'm awkward? What do they think I'm this? What do they think I'm that? And you're standing in your own way of success. So when you're able to recognize that and you're able to, you know, step around yourself and just do it anyways, I mean, you're going to be met with a lot of, you know, success much faster. And that's something that I would definitely recommend and, you know, bring to light for everybody that's starting out. 
I love this. When I, I teach people um, many different things about relationship building, and one of them is actually fundraising. My background is being a fundraiser and working in development. And there's a there's a phrase, a quote that's part of that community. It's like, um, it's like, kick yourself out of the way and let the cause talk. Like too often we make it about us and it's like, that's not about us. And when you have a passion and a mission and a belief that you think will change the world, you need to get out of the way and let that be the thing that shines through and not limit. I love what you said earlier, but like, you've got to not limit yourself. Do you think that you would have listened to your own advice or do you think you had to learn that by doing? I think I probably would have listened to an extent. Uh, Nobody has really said that to me before. You know, nobody's ever, you know, made me realize that I was the only person. I thought it was literally, you know, like I, I thought I was really because I was too young or because I was a woman or because of whatever. But when, when I'm shown examples that that actually does not matter, that's when I'm able to, you know, move past it. So, so yeah. So if we were to have an opportunity to meet a year from now and you were telling about all the amazing success you've had, what would we be celebrating? Mm, we'd be celebrating the launch of my book, of course. <laughs> so that's going to be, I know that's going to happen. So that's really exciting. And I think just, um, you know, my company is going to look a little bit differently uh, in terms of, I mean, the name and just everything that we stand for and much more loudly stand for, uh, I would say rather. So yeah, it's just going to be, you know, a bigger movement, taking more action and taking, you know, impacting more lives. So that's great. Well, how can people find you or follow your work? Yeah. So you can actually go to uh, camilagornia.com forward slash Robbie. And I have a very special quiz that I created. That's basically, um, it's, it's basically going to show you your um, primary authority brand style. So as a leader, as an authority, we, you know, I'm a big fan of just doing things your way and doing things like aligned with your personality. And you know, basically in this quiz, when you take this quiz, you'll understand what is that primary way for you to lead and what are some of your pitfalls? What are some of the challenges you might come against? And then what are the ways for you to amplify this so you can connect with more people in a faster way? So um, thank you. That's a fantastic (laughs) little giveaway. And I hope that all of my listeners take advantage of that because what a great thing to know about yourself and to be able to, to build from there. So that that's a wonderful resource. Thank you for sharing it. Would you repeat the URL just one more time so everyone can hear it? Yes, it's camilagornia.com forward slash Robbie. That's fantastic. So I will put the link in the show notes as well, folks. So never fear if you're driving or you don't have a pen nearby, uh, go head over to ontheschmooze.com. And uh, you'll see it there in the show notes and I'll be able to repeat the episode number and all that at the end here. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a fantastic conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Camila Gornia. Such a pleasure to speak with her and learn about her leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 60. And I am so excited I can hardly contain myself. My best-selling book, Croissants vs. Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences, will be out in paperback next week on Tuesday, September 12th. The paperback comes with a free audiobook that I recorded myself, which is part of the delay in getting this out there. I want to make sure you can listen to it on the go and also make it accessible to my audience. 
If you don't want to wait for the audiobook and the paperback, you can download the Kindle book right now and read it on any device. You don't need to have a Kindle to read it. You can get that at robbysamuels.com slash bookstore. Croissants versus Bagels debuted at number one in three categories on Amazon and continues to be a bestseller in several categories and has over 170 reviews worldwide. Have you read it? I would love to hear what resonated with you. And don't forget to check out Empowered Networking Program. One of the things you'll learn is how to make following up effortless with a two-minute activity that you can accomplish before leaving for the event. You'll also learn how to host your own events, even if the thought of hosting gives you hives, and an exit strategy that will ensure you'll never be stuck in a corner with someone you don't want to talk to. In fact, they'll be happy to let you out of their conversational death grip once you use these techniques. Learn more and sign up at robbysamuels.com slash empowered networking. These links will be in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 60. If you want to discover other business podcasts, check out C-Suite Radio at c-suiteradio.com where you'll find On The Schmooze in good company with other C-Suite Radio headliners. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review on iTunes. It's easy to find our iTunes page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance and I look forward to connecting again next week and I'll be interviewing another talent professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On The Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's on the schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.